0: Hello, I'm Simon Long, the finance editor of The Economist, and this is Money Talks. Coming up this week, will the WTO meeting next week achieve anything?
1: This year, I don't think we will make any huge um, progress.
0: And market exuberance, is it time to dance?
2: Investors are being just like Chuck Prince at Citigroup in 2007. While the music is playing, they're gonna keep dancing.
0: At first. In America, Republicans have started haggling over the final details of the most significant tax overhaul in decades. The bill was approved by the Senate over the weekend, paving the way for a big reduction in the corporate tax rate. I'm joined by Henry Kerr, our US economics editor on the line from Washington. Hello, Henry. Hi. Is that right? Is that the main headline item to take out of this massive bill that corporation tax will be reduced?
3: Yes. Well, of course, President Trump came to office saying that he wanted to cut the corporate tax rate to 15% from today's 35%, a huge cut. Uh, As the negotiations have gone on, it's turned out that's a bit expensive. So they've settled for now on 20%. It might still creep up a bit, but that's still a a pretty dramatic cut. The Republicans are selling their whole package as a tax cut for America's middle classes, of course. This is a tax cut for corporations, as you say, is the headline element of the bill, but they think that that's going to lead to higher wages and pay rises for for middle America.
0: And are they likely to be right? I've seen indeed Republicans saying, well, people may be opposing this bill now, but wait till they start paying less tax.
3: Sure. Well, on the corporate side, it's quite a controversial view to say that the benefit of corporate tax cuts flows mostly to workers, the alternative is that it flows to shareholders, and shareholders tend to be pretty rich. So there's been a lot of commentary about how much this bill benefits the top 1% of earners. And a lot of that comes through uh, the cuts to business taxes. I think in the official projections, they say about three quarters of the benefit of that goes to shareholders and the rest goes to workers. Now it is true that middle America and lower earners right. will see a, a bit of an income tax cut, they will see a bit of a benefit. and they might like that. Uh, The slight problem is that that phases out over time gradually. In order to get the bill through, Republicans had to find ways to make the budget balance in the long run. And to do that, they made those personal income taxes phase out. Uh, So it might become a bit more popular when people see tax breaks immediately. Uh, But the critics of the bill are saying we should focus on the long term.
0: No, that's In the short run, it is going to mean quite a blowing out of the budget deficit, isn't it?
3: Yes. So the cost of the bill is 1.5 trillion over 10 years. After that, Republicans are un- unable to make the budget deficit larger. But in the 10-year budget window, what was the, what they call it, uh, it costs 1.5 trillion. Now, the official budget scorekeepers have said that the additional economic growth that the bill will spark uh, will reduce that by about 500 million. So it will cost about a trillion over a decade. That's still a f- fairly big price tag. Republicans have claimed throughout this process that the extra economic growth that the bill will spark will in fact pay for the total cost of the bill. And that's really not a credible claim at all. There's not really any economic study or any serious economist really who would support that claim.
0: A lot of fuss has been made also over the procedure here. We saw the bill actually being passed in vast sort of manuscript form with handwritten squiggles all over it. Is that the way you got to read it or did you find a more legible form?
3: Well, the basic ideas of what the Republicans have been trying to do f- has been public for some time. I would say there's a bit of a difference from, for example, when they tried to pass a health reform a few months ago, where they were literally wiping the whole slate clean and then voting on a new idea kind of hours or, or a day later. At uh, this time, the kind of Key parts of the bill have been out there for a while. And what they were doing on Friday night was amendments were coming in for for kind of tinkering around the edges with the bill. And those were the things that you saw scrawled in the margin and then hastily written up. And they've been trying to rush this through for a couple of reasons. One is that the president, Donald Trump, sent sent them a deadline of Christmas that's when he wants to have the bill on his desk. And that's a very tight deadline because Congress has got a lot to do. And the second thing is that I think it's just the case that the faster you push something through, the less opportunity there is for people to find problems with the bill and the less scrutiny it attracts. I mean, everyone knew that the bill was going to be an expensive bill, but you saw on Thursday night, the day before the bill passed, when the official budget score came out, that seemed to kind of sap the bill's momentum a little bit for a few hours because of that added scrutiny. So the longer you wait, the more people are going to come out and point out problems with the bill. And I think it has been the Republican strategy uh, to, to try and rush it. But like I said, I don't think it was quite as bad as it was with the, with the health care reform efforts a few months ago.
0: So it's a, a Christmas present for the president. But what, what about for Money Talks listeners? Is there anything out there for our listeners to look forward to?
3: <laughs> I don't know the demographics of our listeners, but uh, in, in the short term, at least, most people can expect a tax cut. The people who really lose out are the people making high incomes in high tax states. They lose their state and local deduction. Uh, If you're not in that group, then the chances are you're seeing a bit of a a tax cut. Not in time for Christmas though, of course, because it won't kick in till uh, 2018 at the earliest.
0: So nothing in our stockings. Henry Kerr, thank you very much. Thank you. So has the US tax bill added to your Christmas cheer? We'd love to know. Please get in touch via Twitter at Economist Radio or email us at radio at Next, ministers from members of the World Trade Organization meet next week in Argentina. The WTO covers more than 90 percent of the world's trade, sets the rules for it and resolves trade disputes. Its director general, Roberto Azevedo, has said it should not be held hostage to its own success. So expectations are not very high for this meeting especially since the WTO faces a big headache in dealing with the Trump administration. Samaya Keynes, our economics correspondent, has been in Brussels, where she asked Cecilia Malmström, the European Commissioner for Trade, who will be attending the meeting, what she's hoping it will achieve.
1: Well, it's always very important these ministerial meetings that takes place every second year. 164 ministers discussing the global trade system. So just meeting has an advantage in itself. This year... Uh, I don't think we will make any huge um, progress on this, but we are looking at some important issues. For instance, in fisheries, regulating uh, fishery subsidies and aligning them with international uh, overfishing rules. Uh, That would be very important. It would be the first time the WTO would deal with an issue that is a little bit beyond trade. It talks about sustainability and environment, which is a breakthrough. We could make some progress on some agriculture issues, that is still under discussion, and then the EU has made proposals on a variety of issues, where we are working with other countries, for instance, on e-commerce, on small and medium-sized companies, on increased transparency in services, uh, etc. We'll see how far we get on that.
4: What do you make of the views of of people who feel that the global rules-based system is under threat? And I'm particularly thinking here about the rhetoric coming out of the Trump administration.
1: Well, that is worrying, uh, of course, because the global trading system is far from perfect. But we have the WTO with almost the whole world being members and others trying to get members, which is important. It has a dispute settlement mechanism that countries actually respect and it's been a way to set global transparent rules. It's not perfect, it needs reform, it needs development but it's the best we have and I think we should cherish it and develop it and not dismantle it. So
4: one problem I think that has been identified is that the global rules-based system just doesn't deal very well with models of the economy Mm -hmm. like China's Um, How has EU policy been changing to cope with China's state-owned
1: capitalism? Well, in different ways. First of all, we—I mean, the WTO is still useful. We do bring China to the WTO when we find blatant violation of, of, of breaking the rules. We are also changing the way we have our trade defence mechanisms, the, the methodology, and we're very close in finishing that exercise. It's been a long and difficult um, path with the, the Council and the European Parliament, but we're almost there and it will give us quicker tools. It will give us um, better uh, transparency. It will allow us to to make reports on countries where there are distortions, for instance, China, but it could be any country. We're also working with China in Uh, in our bilateral negotiations on an investment agreement where we hope to set a more level playing field. And we are working with a lot of other countries, including the US, around 30 countries. Within the framework of G20, OECD, we have created a uh, steel forum to deal with overcapacity issues in China, but not only. So there are different ways to create uh, dialogues on this, because you're absolutely right. Um, WTO is not really up to it uh, on these issues, but there are other things you can do. Just going back to trade
4: defences, though, I mean, this week, the hearings are going on in Geneva as China is essentially suing Mm -hmm. the EU for the EU's treatment of China on trade defences. Do you see any risks of, of letting this process go through the WTO, making judges decide it rather than the politicians just agreeing what essentially is a
1: political disagreement? Well, this is what we have agreed to do, and we knew China would challenge us. We are confident, and we've been working uh, with other partners, uh, including the U.S., so we have a very similar strategy here, that our new methodology is compliant with the WTO and with the, the accession protocol of China. China is not a market economy, but we needed to change our methodology. We have done that in a non-discriminatory way, and I hope that the, the independence of WTO and the, and the arbitrators there will, will recognize this. This isn't going to be discussed
4: at the ministerial, though it might cast a shadow on proceedings, I suppose. But can you give us a sneak preview of the, the more positive things that the EU is planning on
1: announcing over the next few months? Well, apart from some modest progress in Buenos Aires, we have a very active bilateral uh, agenda as well. We are very, very close in uh, closing our free trade negotiations with Japan. I hope we can do this before the end of the year, so in December. We are also entering the end game with negotiations with Mexico and with the four countries of Mercosur. Uh, so we are neg- meeting them as we speak, basically, and we, we are very advanced in negotiations there. So either before the year or ends or, or beginning of next, I hope that we can announce political conclusions of these agreements.
4: Cecilia Monstrom, thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Alan Greenspan, the former chair of the US Federal Reserve, coined the phrase irrational exuberance about the frothy markets and the dot-com bubble. Well, does the current stock market rally show any similar signs, rational or otherwise? I'm joined by Philip Coggan, our Buttonwood columnist. Hi, Philip. Hello. Are people expressing similar fears these days?
2: Yes, the Bank for International Settlements uh, had its latest report out at the weekend, and it warned that markets show signs of complacency and that there is froth in the valuations of both equities and corporate bonds. Uh, And if you look at what investors themselves say, then the poll by Bank of America Merrill Lynch comes out every month, found that a net 48% or so of fund managers thought that equities were overvalued, but around the same proportion had a larger than normal uh, proportion of their holdings in shares. Um, So that looks rather odd. Um, But of course, what's happening is that uh, interest rates are staying fairly low, profits are rising, and global economic forecasts are being revised higher. So in those circumstances, stock markets tend to go up.
0: But I suppose what's particularly odd about this at this time is that this is happening against a backdrop for the past 80 months, really, of considerable political turbulence in the West. We had the Brexit vote. We had the election of Donald Trump. And we have continuing upsets throughout the Trump presidency. And yet investors don't care?
2: Well, I think their experience of the last 25 years or so has shown that economics uh, tends to trump politics. So while economic forecasts are going well, the political worries we've had all through that period, going back to the 1991 Kuwait war... Uh, have shown that um, the market will wobble for a bit and then it will go up. And so they've tended to ignore political worries. And again, profit forecasts are strong. And of course, there's the hope that the tax bill will cut corporate taxes in the US and that will boost profits even further. But I think uh, the question is whether or not this is sustainable in the long run. So if you look at long run profit forecasts, they're estimating that uh, in both the US and Europe, they that earnings will grow at 14% a year. So that would imply a massive growth of profits in GDP relative to wages. Now, what has caused the great upsurge in populism uh, in the Western democracies? It's been the slow growth of real wages. So if the market is right, then in five or six years' time, we won't just be talking about Trump in power or Brexit. We'll be talking about populist politicians taking over all over the place. And in those circumstances, it's very hard to see how uh, action won't be taken to bring down profits. They'll want nationalizations. You can have left-wing populists as well as right-wing ones, Jeremy Corbyn in the UK, for example, Uh, or that trade or capital flows will be disrupted in such a way as to make it much more difficult for multinationals. So if the markets are right, then politics is going to get worse, not better.
0: And looking ahead to the coming year, the implication of what you're saying is that it won't necessarily be one political event, however drastic it is, but just you'll have to wait to see actual policies introduced that start denting corporate profits.
2: Exactly. You'll have to see either uh, higher interest rates, so the central banks might overdo it as they start to tighten, or some disruption to trade either via war. Remember, we could still have war with North Korea. Uh, or by some breaking of trade treaties which makes it more difficult to transport goods internationally, which is what basically the globalisation era has been built on. So when one of those things happens, then the market will turn. And if it does turn, then the fall could be quite sharp. The problem is that investors can't see that imminent turnaround occurring. And while they do, investors are being just like Chuck Prince at Citigroup in 2007. While the music is playing, they're going to keep dancing.
0: Philip Coggan, fleet-footed as ever, thank you for joining us. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Money Talks. To read more about everything discussed in the show, pick up the forthcoming issue of The Economist, or do visit our website at economist.com. And please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. I'm Simon Long. In London, this is The Economist.